welcome back, finally, finally, fucking finally, to another episode of Making a Martini. I am your host, Caleb Biggles, and it's been, I don't know, like a month and a half, I don't know, since I last put out an episode. Look, here's what I'll tell you. Podcasting by yourself is hard work, and sometimes people get burnout, you know? Um, Plus, I wound up having fucking Jardia, which is a fucking parasite that makes you shit your brains out. Literally, you guys, I was not doing amazing. Lost a lot of weight, though. So that's that's something. And then I find out that people actually seek out people with Jardia to, like, so they can also get the parasite to help them lose weight, which... Come on, y'all. Just use the old two-finger down the throat like a non-asshole. I'm just kidding. Eating disorders aren't funny. And if you feel like you or someone you know may have one, please seek out counseling. Anyway, yeah, I literally couldn't keep anything inside of me. And I was, like, super dehydrated, weak, just didn't feel like doing anything. And because, you know, I thought I just had diarrhea... I took Pepto-Bismol, which turns your poo black, so naturally I thought I was dying, bleeding internally, cancer, because that's what the internet said. Oh, and you want to know how you find out if you have a parasite? You have to shit in a fucking plastic bucket, scoop it out into separate vials, and then send it out. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> you, know, you know that, like, I don't know if it was a TikTok or, or Vine or I don't even know, just a viral video, I guess, with, it was that little girl... And she was, like, singing the song, I wonder what's inside your butthole. Well, now you all know mine. And it was a fucking parasite. So, you know. And, you know, how you get it by, like, eating food or drinking water that has been contaminated with this parasite. Which typically means that you're eating or drinking something with, like, poop particles in it. So, and you know what? I'm gay. I very easily could have just eating a dirty butt but you know anyway enough about me and my asshole <laughs> let's dive into our topic today oh my god okay so <clears throat> i don't know how many of my listeners know brooke shields i mean i feel like everyone does you kind of have just kind of a big deal um but i actually saw her in chicago the musical on broadway back in like i don't really remember I mean, I was in high school, uh, but she fucking slayed, 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 slayed Roxy Hart. Um, she was fucking fantastic, and I'm, I'm I hope she's well. Um, but she's sort of been like everywhere. I mean, she's been a model, movie star, Broadway star, fashion icon, mother, advocate for women. Like, I mean, we're checking, we're checking all these boxes. Um, and she recently had a documentary come out about like her life and, and her story. And I watched it last night and it was not, not depressing. That's the wrong word, but sort of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe sad, maybe sad. Like, I guess we'll use that to watch. Um, it goes like through her life and her growing up and being in the public eye from an incredibly young age, like, I think she was literally, like, modeling at, like, 11 months. I think I read that was, like, when her first, like, photo shoot was for, like, you know, like, shampoo commercials for, like, kids, whatever. Um, And she basically, like, grew up with um, her mom, who you find out about, like, halfway through that she was just, like, a full-blown alcoholic, but also, like, um, what many perceive to be, like, an incredibly bad like stage stage mom which i mean i everyone 
everyone can have their own opinion about it. I mean, sort of in the documentary, they get into, you know, basically like how Brooke Shields felt about her mom. And, um, you know, she was like, my mom never really like made me go in and do it. Or, you know, like there's like a part of the documentary, which is like, I've, I would see those stage mothers like yelling at their kids being like, you have to go in there and do that. If you go in and you get this audition, I'll get you a bike, you know, and things like that. And it was sort of like not that way with her and her mom, but still also very much like, I don't know, controlling. It's a gray area. It's a gray area. I guess the relationship. Um, but anyway, Brooke Shields is really like one of the first, like, you know, child stars. Um, you know, like, of course there was, what the fuck was that little cunt's name? <laughs> I'm sorry. She's, she's probably lovely. Uh, what was her name? Uh, the little tap dancing. I want to hip a, uh, Shirley Temple. <laughs> you know, she was, you know, also a very big chest. but like media was so different back then, you know, it's kind of hard to compare them in that way. But anyway, if you are aware of Brooke Shields, um, you will know that one of the other bigger things associated with her and her name is the idea of sort of, you know, over-sexualizing, you know, children at a young age, which is, I mean, basically what, you know, the probably biggest topic of this episode. Um, but who knows? I have been known to go off on tangents, like when I talk about my parasite. Um, so one of the things that started this, um, you know, sort of idea of, you know, how she was kind of exploited and over-sexualized um, was when she got cast in a movie called Pretty Baby, which subsequently is the title of the documentary. Um, and it's about a brothel in New Orleans in the early 1900s, um, inspired by a true story, uh, that took place in the, like, during the last days of legalized prostitution before it was outlawed. Um, and in the brothel, there's this, like, mother-daughter relationship where the mother was pushing her daughter, you know, sort of into prostitution and exploiting her young age and sexuality, ironically enough. Um, well, Brooke Shields, at, you know, age 11, was playing this young 11-year-old prostitute. Um, now, I will say, I've never seen the movie, uh, but described in the documentary, she had multiple nude scenes, and she has this on-screen kiss uh, with Keith Carradine, who I very much love. Um, but he was, I mean, obviously vastly older than her. Um, and it was actually her first kiss ever. <laughs> you know, they do show it, and it is, it's uncomfortable. Um, so... Like, there's also this clip that they do of, like, this kid being just auctioned off to the highest bidder. And, you know, it's just, it's it's some pretty heavy stuff. Um, But as you can imagine, this did not go over well with the public. Lots of scrutiny. And it was, like, mostly of Brooke Shields' mother, oddly enough. Like, you know, how could any mother let her daughter do something like that? Blah, 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 blah. But you know, the people that made the movie, including Brooke Shields, like even now to this day that, you know, she refers to it as an art movie that was sort of turning the mirror on the idea of over-sexualization of women and young girls, which wound up actually being the side effect of this movie being put out there for, I mean, especially for Brooke Shields. Um, but you know, like, I mean, honestly, like the, the issue really was that she was 11 years old and naked on camera. And then that was then released to the public. Um, you know, so obviously, yeah, there was going to be a lot of backlash. Um, now, this, of course, is not something that is, you know, foreign to see an underage character portraying, you know, sex and, and sexuality. 
and whatnot on screen. But usually those characters are played by people who are of age, you know. Um, there's actually a scene in the documentary, Pretty Baby, that I'm referencing in this whole episode, um, where, you know, like the entire S.H.I.E.L.D.'s family is, you know, sitting down and she's talking with her two daughters and they're, you know, because they were like, we don't ever want to see, you know, Pretty Baby or Blue Lagoon, which we'll talk about later and um, the other one that she was in when she was young that I forget the name of, but it's somewhere else. And I'm sure it'll come up. I have it written down in my notes here. Um, but they're, they're talking about how, you know, it was wrong that, you know, people let their mother be naked on camera at such a young age, blah, 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 blah. And they sort of said the same thing, like, you know, like in, um, they actually reference euphoria on HBO where there's a lot of, you know, nudity of quote unquote high schoolers. But most of the actors that are playing them are like 26, (laughs) which is, you know, also great. 26 year olds playing 16 year olds. It's fine. But, uh, you know, it's very different, I think, to have an 11 year old girl playing an 11 year old prostitute and then have her actually wind up doing, you know, sexual things on screen, being naked on screen. And so after this movie comes out, even the modeling work that she did really took a turn too where like her poses would become more sexual and the clothes that she was wearing in the ads would be like more revealing. And these like companies and media campaigns were taking advantage of her beauty, even though she was a child because they had, you know, tapped into this world of people who like women younger, which like, okay, <laughs> like just me, I know this topic is fucked up, but you know, there's so many conversations now happening because of this documentary. And it's just a good time to talk about this. Um, Cause the documentary really exposed the fact that, that, that one, this stuff happened and two, these conversations, these conversations are happening. And when that's good, that's what you want. You, this does need to be talked about, you know? <laughs> and so then, so after all this, and I apologize if my timeline is incorrect, you can call me a fucking idiot, I guess. But I believe after this is when she did the series of campaigns for um, Calvin Klein jeans. And they were, you know, like overly sexual, maybe. This is like where I have to like, you know, I don't know. I can't, I can't like look at something and be like, oh, that is too sexual. But maybe that's just because that's, you know, because I've been too ex- exposed to this kind of like media and this, you know, um, promotional content for so long who's to say but like some of like the photos like have her like posed and it's not like overly sexual but then like the shirt that she's wearing will be buttoned um with like one button like right around like where her boobs are but then everything else like all the other buttons are undone and like the shirt's open and some of them like there was like a video one of her like laying flat and having to like put jeans on because she's not wearing any pants Um, And you don't, like, see, like, her underwear or anything. She's wearing, like, a long shirt. But, like, you know. (laughs) You know what's there. Or at least I'm hoping there was something there. Um, And then there's the other one. It's probably the more famous one that has the um, quote of her, like, saying, you know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. And that one I will be like, (laughs) oh, okay. Because, so people are mad. Because at this point, she's only 15. So having like a 15 year old use her sexuality, which she doesn't even at this point, like when you're watching the documentary, like she's actually quite naive when it comes to 
this whole like idea like she's just doing a job and there's so many points in the documentary she talks about like just sort of like disassociating with her body um because that was how she was able to give like the photographers and stuff what they wanted you know so it, it never even like really occurred to her like oh this isn't this isn't right um but uh and so but and the other thing to think about too like right you have this girl who's doing like this, you know, sort of like sexual ad campaign for a gene company who's also been in two other films also at a young age that she was either naked in or, or, and, or experiencing sex for the first time, like coming of age type things. And that was, you know, blue lagoon. And here I knew I said I had it in my notes somewhere. Endless love was the other one. And like, I know I've never seen blue lagoon, but I know of it. Like just cause I know it's a big, movie one because of the controversy and two it's just you know a little bit more famous i guess um but there's i I believe from what i know of it there is a lot of nudity because it's like two kids stranded on an island i guess i don't really remember (laughs) what the movie's about um but uh i'm not sure how old she was in that either i probably should have looked um but i know she wasn't 18 um because i believe this might have been before the calvin klein ad i don't know Again, I'm not a journalist, but, um, yeah, there was also like this other kind of weird and I don't like weird, like uh, disturbing. I think it's a disturbing story. I think so. At least from when she was making endless love again, I have not seen this movie, but they did show a few clips of it in the documentary. And there's this scene where her and her male co-star are going to have sex for the first time. And I don't know if it's his first time, but it's definitely hers. Um, and, there's this thing that happened where there's, you know, the scene there. So they're going to have the sex for the first time. And the director wanted to get as a real of a reaction out of her for when she had her first orgasm. And being that she, Brooke Shields, was actually a virgin and had only ever really kissed boys on screen. So she didn't know what that was. She doesn't know what an orgasm is. She's never had one. Um, and so in order to get that reaction, the director was off camera, like twisting her toe. And so that she would like sort of like have a look on her face, which was actually pain, but it would hopefully come across as like a feeling of ecstasy. And that's so fucked up. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I no, I don't, I can't imagine like anyone hearing that and being like, oh yeah, great. Well, it worked. Like, no, you're a fucking director. Like, how about you direct, you fucking fuck. I don't know. That just made me mad and feel so bad for it. So the question, if it really needs to be a question is why is any of this allowed, I guess. And I don't know if it's a time period thing. I don't. So me personally, it's, I don't believe it's right for her to have been naked in any of the films, like to have it be exposed on screen. Like even if you wanted to portray it, even like, I don't know, it's just not okay. Period. I don't have a problem with her like portraying a prostitute or a girl who loses her, like her, who has lost her virginity. She's an actress, actresses play roles, but it's not okay for her to be nude. Like if you want to do something like that with a, you know, you you need to have someone who can like legally consent, you know, like at this point too, she's one of the most known child stars of her time. And like, she became an icon. People wanted to be here. Calvin Klein jeans, you know, flying off the shelves, you know, she's wanted. And when, media starts to then sexualize her because they know it will work so then so will the rest of the world who already now knows her and that's unsafe not only for her 
but I mean for women and young girls everywhere. And of course, I will say that the biggest issue is is that there are people out there who will sexualize young girls because it is like a pleasurable thing to them. Like that's what their fetish is. And it's so fucked up, you know, like it's disgusting. And that's this episode is like weird to like talk about. But, you know, you know, I'm already here. It's just, you know, unfortunately, a dark side of the world that exists. Um, So one of the biggest debates right now um, is that people are arguing about sort of like where the line needs to be drawn. Um, Lots of like criticism came from Pretty Baby, you know, where people were calling it child pornography, which I I agree with. And there are people that are like debating online saying, well, it was just nudity. It was pretty tame for the time. It couldn't be considered pornography. I think that's bullshit. Like, and it's those types of people who are like, no, it's fine that I'd be like, no, that's what I'd fucking be worried about. Like, check their internet history. They need to maybe be a subject of interest. Like, so I mean, lately, listen, anything can be porn if you try hard enough. I've been told that I have a very seductive voice when I record. And like for me, I sincerely hope there are people out there masturbating to these episodes. And if you are and you're listening right now, I hope this is the moment where you're able to climax. And let me know. I think <laughs> I hope I hope you're out there. <laughs> it's the definition of a super fan. Anyway, what the fuck? <laughs> Need to go home. Um obviously I don't have anyone on this episode to discuss it with because I really wasn't sure where to go for someone to talk about this. Um, but I will say definitely check out the documentary. There's a lot of other subject matter to discuss that comes from it, but that would turn this into a three hour episode of multiple topics. I'm just not trying to edit that much. So, uh, I will say in the second half of the documentary, they bring in Drew Barrymore, who was also a very young child star and they were friends. And, you know, there's the, I I sort of like made the realization like these kids who are just trying to do something they love, whether it be, you know, modeling or acting or singing, and then they get like just destroyed by society. And then I like started thinking about like other celebrities, but like for more like maybe like my generation where I was coming into like Amanda Bynes and Britney Spears, like after seeing this and thinking back to like even Britney Spears, like the baby one more time album cover. And you know, it's just her and that like little red sweater thing and like a short skirt. And if I recall correctly, a very, very short skirt. Um, I mean, and obviously, you know, I'm gay. I love Britney like a gay is supposed to, but I'm sure that like that album cover, you know, got a different reaction out of straight men. Um, and all of this like comes to the idea of using sex to sell because let's face it, sex does sell, but she was also 16. So like using the sexuality of a 16 year old to move product of a record, like, you know, that's, that's where the, it's like, is that right? I don't think so, but that's the debate right now. And like, so let's even like, think about today, Justin Bieber, right? He started his career super young and then he's doing interviews where people are asking him about his dating life. And he's like, what? (laughs) Like 12, you know, like women game, like men, like dropping panties for him but he's just like this, he's so young, you know, but the media campaigns were like using that because they knew it would work. So, you know, it can apply to young male child stars as well. I mean, this is a huge topic. And the more I started working on it, the more I realized that fact. Um, But like most other people, I think it's just great that this conversation is being had, especially now in a time where it's so easy to put your 
you know, sexuality out there into the world. Like we think about TikTok and Instagram, like we have these, you know, uh, platforms that we can put our whole lives out there and we can put it out there in a way that we want, you know? So like how many people, you know, are getting famous on TikTok and, and I don't know, I don't understand Instagram anymore, but I don't think anyone does. So that makes me feel better. But like, you know, just because they'll be like overly sexual or they'll like dress up and like, even like cosplayers, like will have to be like overly sexualized because they'll get the more followers. Like there's, I mean, it's, it's a weird time. It's a weird time for social media. That was another tangent. Um, I was actually talking with a guest of the, the podcast, Adele, who, um, even brought up to me that like, um, bad baby, who, if you don't know who that is, just Google it. You do, you do, but you just might not know the name, but like she kind of took what is happening in the world and used it to her advantage. And because like people did like sexualize her as well because they saw her on TV. Now she didn't really get a whole lot out of this from like, you know, Calvin Klein wasn't asking bad baby to like do any ads or anything like that. Could you fucking imagine? I would move. I don't know where the moon, but, um, but you know, like, because she knew about like this over-sexualization of younger girls in the media. So she made an OnlyFans, like once she turned 18 and like, I think in her first day, she like broke OnlyFans records and had like a million dollars. Like it's, it's, it's insane shit like that. And it's because that's just how, I don't know, like media, how media portrays younger people. Um, and you know, it like goes back to, you know, a definitely Brooke Shields. I don't, I don't know enough about prior Brooke Shields stuff and like when this was happening, but I mean, maybe she was the first, I don't know. And maybe you can let me know, you know, like I said, this is something that like conversations need to be had and I, you know, everyone has a point to make, just make the fucking right one. Um, but yeah, you can send me messages on Facebook or Instagram or email me at makingamartini1 at gmail.com. Still haven't gotten a hold of makingamartini at gmail.com. Someone has it and they won't email me back. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I would love to have the conversation keep going. And I, yeah, I think that's really all I have for right now. Maybe we'll have a part two on this coming up, but I was one of the very first topics that has come up in this past month and a half that's really inspired me to create an episode. And I will do my very best not to leave anyone hanging that long again. My goal was to hit episode 100 this year, and I think I still can. I really do. So you might get an onslaught of content in these coming days and weeks. Whatever. As always, should you want to make a donation to Making Martini, you can follow the links in the episode notes. We have um, the Buy Me a Coffee. Oh my god, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Buy me some more fucking Pepto. Just know it turns your poop black. But anyway, we have the buy me a coffee link where you can go and make a, you know, quote unquote, buy me a coffee, buy me a martini, whatever. You can make a donation of three, five and seven dollars or something, or you can make a custom donation. Um, And then there's also the Instacart affiliate link. If you sign up for Instacart using that link, you will get a free delivery with your first order of over thirty dollars. Oh, also, I guess I should say that the Pretty Baby documentary is available for streaming on Hulu right now. So that's also that. Oh, God. If you are a fan of Making a Martini, then please like, comment, and share on all social media. Interact with the comments and stuff. Leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts, but the most helpful places on Apple Podcast at this current moment. And I think that's everything. I've missed you, dear listeners. And I'm fucking back, baby! This has been Making a Martini Up, Dry, and Straight to the Point. 
Cheers. <laughs>